0: Welcome back, Tiger fans, to Rockin' Nations Football Podcast. I'm Nate Edwards. That's Brandon B.K. Kylie. This is Before the Box Score, your mailbag edition, because there's nothing happening and we have no idea what to talk about. So you all are doing our job for us, which is just fantastic. You are supplying the content. We will supply the answers. It's a good old-fashioned mailbag. B.K., how are you doing?
1: i'm doing fantastic it's good to be back i missed you over the last few weeks <laughs> Nate Edwards. i missed all of you beautiful listeners out there it's good to be back can't wait to do this today that's right
0: ugly listeners he didn't miss you he missed the beautiful ones yeah, yeah picked yeah. up on that of
1: course uh, i'm not talking about you you, you are beautiful oh well, thank you i try
0: i work out sometimes that was uh, the
1: general you there uh nate oh
0: yeah. i take it back go back to disney <laughs> world um yeah, so we've got we got nine questions that we want to knock out today. There's something to hold you over from the football content factory, as Missouri basketball does whatever it is that they're doing and struggling to to get to March. But uh, good for them. Uh, it seems to be that they're going to be in, and they play South Carolina tonight without their best players. So that seems like a good thing. Uh, but let's talk some football. Let's get into it. Let's we're going to get some existential questions out of the way first. BK, this one this one hit pretty hard, and I think you're going to. I want you to really think about this, okay? So, Tommy Freeze pops over at your boy TC Fresh. <laughs> Will BK's unborn child see Mizzou football win an SEC title in their lifetime? So, specifically, Mizzou football win an SEC title in your child's lifetime. What do you think?
1: Like an actual title? Like, not not just the the baby steps sec east title but an actual title right
0: i'm taking that as an actual title yeah
1: so this would mean essentially will mizzou play for the college football playoff at some point like that that is a secondary piece to this is what that would mean Mm -hmm. um like after so here's the thing nick saban's gonna retire eventually
0: at some point yeah
1: the problem is Kirby Smart is not old. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going anywhere.
0: Kirby Smart, am for I, the record, is 47 years old. So, yeah. He am, is
1: not am I a old. fatalist if I say no?
0: No, you're not.
1: Like, it, it, is that a bad fan in me to say the overwhelming likelihood is that my child, who is yet to be born, is very unlikely to see Missouri ever win the SEC.
0: Oh, is it a bad fan? Yeah, but, okay, cool. but yeah, we're yeah. talking about we're accuracy. <laughs> we're talking about accuracy, right? We, we strive to be accurate. The easiest answer is no. The easy answer is no.
1: And probably correct. Like the odds on this, I don't know what Vegas would set than that, but I would have to imagine the favorite would be no.
0: I mean, let's see. I think Mizzou was selected as national champions by a NCAA blessed selector what 1960, which we don't claim. I think they had one in 2007, which we don't claim. So like it is literally <laughs> like even even conference championships. Let's go back to conference championships. Okay, um, do they have any? Let's see. They've got
1: not in my lifetime.
0: Jeez, I'm looking at. 1969 Big Eight Championship, Dan Devine, nine and two, six and one, right? Was that, yeah, that was the last one, 1969. So that was decades before I was born. Um, If you were born in 1920, you saw one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Big Eight Championships, but again, none since 1969. So it has been, uh, let's do math 50, 54 years.
1: Yeah. Whew.
0: Look, I'm sure your child is going to live to, you know, seven or 80, have been but Two like,
1: since 1945.
0: Yeah. 60 and 69. Yeah. Yeah. So the easy answer is no. Now, we By don't know. Way, um, go ahead.
1: The 1960 Big Eight title was retroactively awarded to Mizzou. Yeah. After a loss to Kansas was reversed. No surprise here. Due to to Kansas' use of a player who was later ruled yeah.
0: ineligible. Bunch of cheaters. <laughs> Bunch of cheaters. And
1: they were co-champions in 69. So if you're looking for... Oh, dang. Missouri yeah, won the conference the last time that it happened. Like, outright in that season. No <laughs> funny business happening. 1945.
0: Yeah take that hitler yeah been a minute man so
1: if you're 75 years old or younger so basically our entire listening audience (laughs) you have not seen missouri in your entire life yeah win a conference championship outright so to answer the question yeah i think it's pretty
0: unlikely (laughs) but here's the thing we don't even know what the sec is going to look like in two years Right, We don't know what college football is going to look like in 10 years If everything stays the same Oklahoma, Texas we don't, we don't even know if we're doing pods or if we're doing divisions But let's just say Oklahoma and Texas come in And they join the West and the East In some slapstick Kind of manner No, it's not going to happen Not until Missouri Makes a serious investment in football And they are on their, their way for doing that But you have to beat literally the best teams in the country week in and week out, and then beat one in a national, the best one in a conference championship. Can it happen? Yeah, absolutely. Can everything's going to have to align though. You're going to have to have a quarterback. You have to have dynamite defense. You have to have great receivers, great running backs. There's nothing in the past eight years that has shown that we can do that. It can be done. But yeah, I think the easy answer and the odds on favorites. No, your you know, baby BK is not going to see an SEC football title. If the SEC even exists when baby BK is 10 years old.
1: So Can I ask a follow up question? Love you to ask one. Is it bad parenting for allow for me to allow my child to be a Mizzou fan? I know this is probably not the right medium to ask that question, but I, I think it's a fair question. Think well, of the amount of heartbreak that this university has provided for us. How often have they actually made us happy? Like (laughs) the ratio feels a little off, man. I feel like we give and give and give and all they do is take from us. Now I love, (laughs) don't get me wrong. I love the university of Missouri.
0: Yeah. I
1: went there for a reason. I, I want nothing but happiness and success for everybody that roots for Mizzou and attends Mizzou. That being said, doesn't feel like they want that same thing for us. And so I am asking you in all sincerity, is it bad parenting for me allow for, to for me to allow my children, my child at least at first, to be a Missouri fan?
0: No, as long as you're not forcing it on them.
1: Well, no, but I I think I think the better parenting might be me saying don't do that. Like we we don't we don't need you to be a Missouri fan. <sighs> we can pick something else. You can be a Georgia fan. You can be a Tennessee fan. You can be something else. Look.
0: We got, you can't, we
1: got you can't root for that school to the west, but everything else is on. on we got,
0: we got a parenting question coming up later on, but we can get into the philosophy of parenting regarding fandom. Um, and my philosophy is simply this encourage what they're looking at, right? Encourage curiosity, encourage exploration. If they, well, they see could explore
1: good teams, they could, <laughs> they
0: can. And see, now here's the thing our household is a Mizzou USC household. So there is a good team that they can get on board with. They see me watch Mizzou crap their pants every Saturday. And then they watch USC
1: go out there and be the best player in college football. Right.
0: Right. One is Sisyphus running, rolling the rock (laughs) up the top of the Hill. (laughs) The other one is King Midas. Okay. So like they, they see both. And, I think I've said this before. My daughter asked, why doesn't Missouri win more football games? And I say, I don't know. It's what I've been asking myself for years. And she's like, but USC wins. some." I'm like, I know. I don't understand. Um, so if, if she if, she, if she, if my daughter, if my son watch me in the anguish I have watching Missouri, if they see that and go, that is for me, I'm going to say, this is up to you. I was born into it. And I don't have a choice. You have a choice. If you want to, buy low and be miserable for probably the rest of your college football watching experience, knock yourself out. There's going to be highlights. It's going to be make it feel so worth it. But most of the time, again, it's going to be a Herculean effort to to find joy, or you can go with USC and and actually win some things. So I'm going to encourage them to do what they want and just explain what it's going to be like and have them make an informed decision on their own. That's right, that's my right. thing.
2: Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: At least we're on the same page here. <sighs> yeah, <sighs> Caleb Williams rocks. That That's just a, so that's good. a good team. Um, and along those lines, yeah, they can, we will cover school for them wherever they choose to go unless they choose UCLA or Kansas. Otherwise they're paying on their own. So that seems fair. Yeah, that's the only really limitation that I'm going to place on him. <sighs> Next question: um, Chris Jackson at Chris Jack underscore Sun. <laughs> I got to read this in the Seinfeld voice almost. What's the deal with the lack of tight end production since Albert O? Uh, is it scheme, multiple down years, and local high school talents, just bad luck? Are there any hopes of turning that around soon? Uh, BK, I don't know if you saw this, but gosh, it would have been two weeks ago. Um, I wrote about the tight ends in my postmortem series, breaking down, um, what happened with the tight ends last year. I don't know if you read it or not, so there's a chance that you already know, but I want to ask you anyway, BK, do you know how many times a tight end was targeted in the passing game for the entire 2022 season?
1: I know who the leading receiver was among tight ends. And I know that that was five receptions for 50 yards. (laughs) So I, I would guess they were targeted no more than 15 times last year.
0: You got it. 15 targets, 10 catches, 112 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. They ran 183 routes by the way, but they were only targeted 15 times. Yikes. So on the one hand, that's a great catch rate and none, they didn't drop it. On the other hand, um, you might as well not have put a tight end out there to run around. Okay. And this is the school that in my mind, even before D line zoo, that Mizzou is tight in you, Kellen Winslow, Martin Rucker, Chase Kaufman, Michael Agnew, Albert O we're tight in you. And now we're rolling out a tight end unit that's got 15 targets and 10 catches. But this has been, this has been a trend because this going back to Chris's point in 2018, you had Albert O. Kendall Bland, Daniel Parker, Jr. hundred targets, 71 catches, 706 yards, nine touchdowns. 2019 with Alberto DPJ and, and Nico. Hey, 74 targets, 44 catches, 476 yards, 2020, with Nico Hay, D.P. Che, and, and Logan Christofferson, 36 targets, 27 catches. 2021, 57 targets, 35 catches, and then the debacle that was last year. For reference, Fresno State last year, Kirby Moore's boys, 46 targets, 34 catches, 288 yards. So, like, I don't know if the tight end's getting phased out. I mean, Notre Dame's going to say no, because they keep running two tight end sets. Georgia will say no. But, like... Titans really aren't as prolific pass catchers as they were in the late aughts, Um kind of highlighted by the fact that of the top 200 receivers last year, only eight were tight ends. Um It's just, I don't know, is tight end passing game disappearing BK and is this Mizzou a product of this or are they just particularly bad?
1: I, I mean, I, I think. It's a reflection of where we are with offenses now because a lot of tight ends, like Michael Agnew, if he was coming up right now, would he be a tight end or a wide receiver? He's just a big wide receiver. Yeah, basically, I'd say a right? receiver. yeah. i a wide receiver. I would say the same thing is true in a lot of ways of Chase Kaufman. Like he would, like Brock Bowers, is he technically no. a tight end? In
0: name, lines- yeah.
1: <laughs> Travis Kelsey, technically a tight end, but like he lines up, as the solo wide receiver on the weak side of the formation which is essentially an x wide receiver mm-hmm. a lot of the time for the Kansas City Chiefs so reason why I bring that up is because like these guys that traditionally would have maybe been quote-unquote pass catching tight ends they just don't really play that position anymore and so more of what that is is guys like Tyler Stevens or Ryan Horsecamp who are just like de facto fullbacks that are lined up as wingbacks now as an extra protector. And then like they happen to be big bodies. So if you have to check something down, they can potentially catch the ball. That's kind of what it's become. And that's not just at the college level. It's in the NFL level as well. I mean, you look, I'm a guy that plays a lot of fantasy football. Trying to find a fantasy tight end that produces in any meaningful way is an absolute disaster. There's like four of them that matter in the NFL, and that's at the NFL level where they can filter through hundreds of tight ends at the college level. So it's just so rare to find these guys that have legitimate skill sets to be able to produce. I mean, you look at Mizzou over the last three seasons, their leading pass catcher at tight end, 54, 145, 130 in terms of passing yardage. Then you get into the Albert O years. You got 300, 465, and 415 in terms of the yardage for Albert O in his three seasons. He is now then before then it's 280, 130, 170, 70, and 25. Yeah. In terms of the the leading tight end pass catcher for Mizzou. The guys just don't produce unless it's Albert O. And this has been now a decade going. It, it it's just done. It, it's over. And so I don't think that's a Missouri problem. I think that's just a reflection of it's really hard to find these guys. And even when you do, it's it's really hard to get them the ball over guys like Dominic Lovett, Luther Burden, Mookie Cooper. Like it's just so much easier to to scheme open these wide receivers.
0: Yeah. Brock Bowers again, tight end in name only. Uh he had over nine hundred yards. Um, but paying Durham from Purdue was hundred and eighty second in in the nation in receiving yards. And he had five hundred and sixty like, that's the eighth best tie- pass catching tight end in the country, 560 yards. So it's not like, like you said, there's not an army of tight ends going for 800 plus yards and 10 plus touchdowns. Like it'd be nice. It's just, that's just not where the game is right now. And I don't know why it went that way. Um, I I think kind of goes to your point, the specialization of receivers where you got your big, tall ones, your short, quick ones, your possession ones. And I think a lot of those guys that were a little lankier tight ends get filtered into receiver now, like you said, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I am sad. I love a tight end. I like tight end passing game. And so now that it's not here, it's, it's sad, but yeah, I just, just not, not the same, the same game that we used to play. Um. All right. Next question. Let's go with, uh, okay. This is Morgan mama at M underscore T underscore M 18. BK, if you had to guess now, who starts at quarterback week one?
1: Jake Garcia, who's yours?
0: Man, I think it's going to be Brady Cook. Do you? Until proven otherwise, I'm going to just assume that Eli Drinkwitz is going to choose loyalty and annoyance in his quarterback selection. And the most loyal, annoying thing he could do is have a second year Sam Horn, bring in a Jake Garcia, and then roll with Brady Cook anyway. So. There you
1: go. I'll go Jake I, okay. Garcia because I think that he took him for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that Missouri, when they take these guys, they tend to get an opportunity. I mean, you look back at the history of what Missouri's done with the transfer portal kids, even the guys that like struggled at Mizzou, they got the opportunities early for the most part, and then they were kind of phased out. I mean, you look last year, Nate Pete, who, who came into the season as the guy that was getting a lot of the opportunities from for them at running back. It was him. Um, you look a few years back, Sean Robinson, uh, mm-hmm. was a guy that ended up getting opportunities early and then they realized, oh, a guy that we had here previously is probably our better option here with Connor Baselak. I think that's what happens with Garcia as well. They give him the opportunity early and then may if he doesn't end up capitalizing upon that opportunity, they could go back. It could be Brady Cook, could be Sam Horn, could be somebody else. But I think week one is Jake Garcia. That would be my bet today.
0: I will say, I'm not hedging my bet, but I will say I would feel better about it if Trinquist didn't just hire Kirby Moore, because I do think Kirby's going to come in with kind of no loyalty, no, you know, preconceived notions of what these guys can do. He's going to see Jake Garcia in the spring. He's going to kind of have that in his head as he goes into fall. Personally, I would start Jake Garcia for the, you know, not only just, I think he's got a better arm, um, but we have seen...
1: He definitely, by the way, definitely has a better arm than Brady Cook. Oh, yeah. Definitely.
0: Now, we've seen Brady Cook with a torn shoulder, and so we know his arms could be better than that, but we don't know what it is. Um, And I don't think the quarterback running game is what Eli Drinkwitz particularly wants to rely on in his offense, and I don't think Kirby does either. So I, I would love to see Jake Garcia. I just, ugh. I've been so disappointed in how in how these things turn out. So I'm not holding my, my, my breath, but um, yeah, I think at the end of the year, Jake Garcia will have more snaps at QB than anybody else. I do think that um, I just don't know how it's going to shake out. Uh, Kevin free at free, Kevin free. Who will have a better first season as offensive coordinator at a new place? Kirby Moore at Mizzou or Kellen Moore with the Chargers? I, BK, you're going to have to answer this one because I famously know nothing about the NFL.
1: Uh, You've heard of Justin Herbert, right? You, you remember I have, him? yes. Um, he's this, like for those that don't remember him, he's a mammoth of a man that has a bazooka of an arm and runs like a gazelle. And he's very good at the football. That's the quarterback for the L.A. Chargers. That's the team that the other Moore, Kellen Moore, is now the offensive coordinator for after leaving the Dallas Cowboys because Mike McCarthy is still Mike McCarthy. Um, I, I think that Kellen is going to have a better first season because they have the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Kellen Moore went to a team that didn't have a quarterback situation that was resolved. I would pick Kirby, but he did. <laughs> so I'm going to take Kellen Moore.
0: I am happy for them. I'm glad they're employed. I'm glad Kirby works for us and I am looking forward to seeing what he can do, but yeah, God, this is, this is an easy one. <laughs> i would take the guy who's got NFL players and a really good quarterback over the guy who's uh, getting his getting thrown into the SEC with questions at quarterback and, and running game. So I think you're right. Let's go to J R R R at J R is real cool. I am bummed, this is this is him talking, I'm bummed Elijah Young transferred because he seemed to have Juice. The other backs that played didn't. Do we have a back with all capital letters, Juice, on the roster to make up for the Juice gap? Uh, JRRR, yeah. Yeah, we've got some guys. Did you see Tavoris Jones? Uh, didn't play a lot, but I was impressed with what he had. And I'll, I'll be frank, I think Nate Pete's a better running back than what we saw last year. I think he was snake bit with some just soul crushing turnovers and kind of tried to overcorrect and made a lot of bad decisions behind an offensive line that wasn't doing him much good. I think he is, uh, he's an electric back. I think he's in a very explosive back that just didn't have any space to run. So yeah, I think there are guys, uh, who have this, the juice that you're talking about. I am equally sad that Elijah young is gone. I think for three straight years, I thought he was the heir apparent, but, uh, he's not. So I, I, there are guys, um, I just don't know if they're going to be the same as as what Elijah Young brought to the table. BK, what do you, what do you think?
1: I agree. I'm a little surprised that they didn't bring anybody else in at that position. I kind same. of thought they would same. bring somebody in just even as competition going into the spring. I guess they're con- convinced that Schrader, Pete, and Jones is good enough because I think those yeah. are going to be your three guys going into yeah. next year. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's just a lot of faith in Tavoris Jones, who hasn't shown us much. We, we didn't really see him on the field last year. I think he needs to be in a best case scenario for Mizzou this upcoming season. Jones takes over as your lead back. I think that is best both for the immediate future and the long term future of this program. Schrader, we saw exactly what he is. He's going to get you what's there and he's going to he's the classic coaches love him. He's going to be in the right spot at the right time. He's going to do the right thing. That doesn't Mm -hmm. always lead to the most success. You want guys like that on your roster. You can't have a team full of them. And when that guy is overly utilized, Mm
2: -hmm. I do
1: think that it can lead to diminishing returns. So Tavoris Jones would be the guy for me that has that juice that you're talking about. Pete has some of that, but I think he's more of a change of pace guy. I think. Mm I always wondered why Stanford used him the way that they did. And I think last year we saw it why. I think he's just limited in terms of the, what he can do and how he does it. So Tavor Jones would be my guy.
0: So I'll, I'll spoil my piece. That's coming out three weeks from now. Brady cook was your best rusher by far. Oh yeah. He had the best success rate at the best opportunity rate. Uh, he wasn't as explosive as Nate Pete, but he was pretty darn, he was about a yard short. Um, Pete was the guy who got you a lot of yards or got blown up. Schrader was the guy who, what was the old joke about Dave Christensen and screen pass? If you need two yards, we'll get you two yards. If you need eight yards, we'll get you two yards. Like yeah. that's Cody Schrader. Um, He will get you three and that no more, no less. So yeah, I agree with that. Um, But God, I hope to Jones is it, man. Cause we really did not see a lot of him and Schrader kind of sucked up all the oxygen. <clears throat> so if you if that's your three-man rotation, I think I am good with that, but you also need to improve on your offensive line. So we will we'll see there. But yeah, there's definitely talent there, uh, mostly around Jones. But ah, God, I I hope they do bring in somebody else. That'd be nice. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh Ashley Edwards at Ashley LF Edwards. Let's say Eli Drinkwitz goes five and seven. Oh Jesus. Let's say Eli Drinkwitz goes five and seven next year. Does it matter? If Brady Cook is quarterback or Sam Horn is quarterback, is that a fireable offense regardless? BK, what do you think?
1: Um, good question. I would say it does matter who the quarterback is. I don't think it's a fireable offense. I mean, I think people need to know this right now. Eli Drainquis is not getting fired after this season. Whether you think he should or not, that's a different discussion. <laughs> like you can we can have the conversation on whether or not he is in hot water after the season but his seat is firmly cold right Mm -hmm. now and that is because of the contract extension that they decided to sign him to if he goes five and seven and brady cook as the starter is the starter all year long that will be the equivalent of doing the same thing that they did two years ago with Connor basilak like There's no reason whatsoever to do that this year. If you're getting poor team results and Brady Cook is the quarterback, you need to make the switch to one of your other guys, whoever that may be. So yeah, if you go five and seven with Sam Horn as your guy, and it's just clear at the end of the season that he wasn't the correct player to bet on, it would A, tell you that Garcia wasn't that guy either because Mm -hmm. they think that Horn is better, and B, tell you that the following season, Jabari Johnson should be your starter. And if he's not, then you need to get somebody out of the transfer portal because you were wrong on CM Horn, and that is a major, major miss. And you were wrong on Garcia, and that is a major, major miss. So you got to get the quarterback position right. And until they do, they're not going to do a whole lot of winning. But, yeah, I do think it matters if it's Horn versus Cook.
0: Man, they they got to pick the right quarterback this year.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a big one.
0: Because the ones they've picked, <laughs> it's uh... – and nothing against Brady Cook. Again, injured for the entire year, he did the best he could. But you start, you pick Sean Robinson coming out of out of fall camp. Now, granted, Bazelak was injured coming off an injury. I understand that, but Sean Robinson lasted six quarters, and then you went with Connor Bazelak, who was fine in 20. 21. It was the Right
1: move that year. That that ended absolutely. Up, like, that's the most defensible season of quarterback management, yeah. so far
0: but then Bays gets injured in 21 and they don't go to Brady cook until the bowl game. And you go, why then Brady cook gets injured for the entire season. And you don't go to anyone else. And you're like, okay, why? So you, you, you have to nail it. Otherwise there is a serious question of quarterback analysis with the staff. Um, do you have faith that they're going to pick the right one? Just totally random question. Do you have faith that no. they're going to pick the right guy?
1: No, no. Okay. I, well, I, I think that answer would have been a lot different before we found out that Kirby Moore was going to be in charge of the offense. But so I think that gives you a little bit more confidence, but no, I mean, they haven't earned the benefit of the doubt yet.
0: Yeah. I agree. I don't know if it's a, I don't know why, but you can turn it all around with a good season this year. Just saying, please do that. Uh, let's go to Adam Milton at Adam underscore Milton. What is the biggest under-the-radar concern you have about Missouri football in 2023? Well, you all probably know mine. We all probably know BK's, but let's just say it out loud. BK, what is yours?
1: I think this is actually an interesting question. Um, under-the-radar concern going into mm-hmm. this upcoming season. Yeah. I mean, quarterback is not under the radar. It's not, no. I, I'm i curious. What is yours?
0: Oh, okay. Defensive end. Okay. I was just making sure we were thinking the same thing. I was like,
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you got you sound so confident in this. Like what, what sorry? Is it? Yeah. I, I
0: thought it was like, obviously quarterback is a big issue. Offensive line. And if that's one, a yeah, offensive line mine's is one twofold. Big. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's
1: twofold. It's defensive end and, and interior offensive line. Those, okay. those are the two things. Okay.
0: Yeah. I would agree with that. Defensive end is a big one for me. Now they addressed it with Joe Moore. Who projects like a Trajan Jeff coat, who was fine, but behind him, it's a bunch of children, okay. Like freshmen, redshirt freshmen. Which, hey, is not always a bad
1: thing. It's and not it could turn out really well because these are the guys that we've wanted to see for a year and a half. It is. Like, what, the the it, problem is we shouldn't be seeing them for the first time now. Exactly.
0: exactly. And and sacks are not a cumulative thing. You don't get more sacks as you go on. You improve your pass rushing ability, and sometimes the sacks come. And we've seen Johnny Walker have great quarterback pressure in the limited. 200 snaps we've seen so uh, you know it's it's not a bad thing that that's youth it's just like you said how did they not get in the rotation before um and i understand dj coleman very good trajan joe K- jeff coat he was an all sec player one time isaiah mcguire probably gonna get drafted in the nfl like i can answer my question why but you also need to understand those dudes were not coming back and you had to figure out what you had so yeah eh. It it is a question for me, and I think there's a, enough good interior linemen that can cover that because quarterbacks hate in you know pressure up the middle more than they have pressure off the side. So a good interior line press can can kind of compensate for that. At the same time, a good secondary does re- rely on a good pass rush, and I'm sure Enos Rickstraw and 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 Chris Amerstrain are great, but you don't want to add additional stress on them covering the guy Dude. for seven seconds like that.
1: Can I do the opposite of what this question was? Because this question was kind of more of the, like, the downside. Sure. I think this team has a chance to have a special secondary. Like, the best mm. secondary that we've seen at Mizzou since... 2010? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it really might be. Because Chris Abrams, and Enos, Star we saw last year. One of the better cornerback duos in, in all of college football. Charleston, Carlisle, very good safety tandem. This Williams kid that they got from Florida State? kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, watched him recently, better player than I was expecting. Can definitely help them and at a worst-case scenario, very good special teamer. Uh Johnson from Florida. Legitimately pretty decent and very experienced nickel corner. Like they've they've got some real pieces to be able to work with this season in the secondary. So if there is a downside, what are you concerned about this year under the radar? It is the defensive ends. If there is mm-hmm. a, this position might be better than anybody expected it to be, even while already having pretty high expectations. I think it's the secondary.
0: Yeah. I will touch on your inside offensive lineman comment real quick. I was
1: hoping we could just go to the positive.
0: No, no. I, it's me, man. got to bring you down. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Um, we are assuming Ben C. Polgar is good. <laughs> if you have a question on whether he is good or not, there is a massive gap in center.
1: And Car- to be Car- fair with their actions, not their words, they have told <clears throat> you that there's at least some question there because they were recruiting a transfer center from Miami. Mm-hmm. They don't do that. If they are very confident in their current situation at center.
0: Right. So you got the Buffalo transfer and Ben C. Polgar and you have the, um, needs to eat a sandwich, Connor Tolleson, uh, mm. who performed admirably. He knows his stuff was just overmatched physically uh, once we got into the SEC. Xavier Delgado's back. He's fine. He's fine. You don't really notice him. He doesn't commit penalties. But you would like to have something higher than that. And then on the other side, you got Mitchell Walters, who committed way too many penalties, and EJ doma Ogar, who was great in 102 snaps and was promptly injured the second he made it into the starting rotation so
1: can i give you a prediction i would love to hear a prediction i wonder if johnson starts at guard and they have membu and foster at tackle i would love that That and the reason why is because membu was really good last year and they would use him in like very specific strategic ways Mm -hmm. um and they would use him as like an extra tight end slash extra lineman however you want to view that And it seemed like they did that with a purpose in a way that they don't do with most of their young players. Like, he was getting real playing time last Mm -hmm. year. So I I wonder if he's a guy that they have significant plans for. And he clearly just, he needed an offseason of being Mm -hmm. able to be in their strength program. He needed to get a little bigger. I I expect that he will. Johnson, he said, I want to prove my versatility when he got to Mizzou.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: You don't just randomly see that as an offensive lineman who's like started every game of your career at one position, <clears throat> especially when Missouri had a guy that is pretty good at that position coming back on the roster and Javon Foster. So yeah. I th- that's something that I would keep my eye on is maybe Johnson is their, their fix at one of those guard spots and Delgado just continues being fine at the other.
0: That makes sense. Unless Curtis Piegler and Tristan Wilson magically are incredible and you know in their red shirt year i'm down uh, for that too I, that sounds great hey if they want to do that be my guest that'd make me very happy uh let's go to nathan hurst at burst to hearst best advice for a new dad aka bk uh well i guess you can't answer this one bk uh
1: no no i don't i don't have anything here
0: unless you've been reading totally books you literature guy you're reading books on child care or are you kind of like i'm gonna let nature do its thing
1: got a couple um got one that's specifically written for dads which Mm -hmm. is basically like hey here is what your wife is going through right now i read the same one (laughs) that's probably my favorite so far just because it's like actually applicable to what i'm going through um and it's cool that somebody finally wrote one because most of them are written in the and you've seen that i'm sure a lot of guys that are listening to this knows this as well Most of them are written as if like you are the woman that is reading the book. And so they're saying like, at this point in time, you are feeling blank. And I'm like, no, I'm not feeling that in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it it is cool to see a book that is written from the perspective of here is what your wife is feeling. Here is what you do. So um, that's that's probably my favorite one. And then I've got like two others that are just more of the here's where you're at in the process kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Well, I did read a book. I did think it was very helpful. Um, I also realized that every kid is different. And so if someone wrote a book about their experience or just a general experience, someone's going to apply to you. Most of it's not sure. Um, I was not taught this. This is kind of more my approach to life in general. Um, but specifically for kids anyway, is, you know, I'm just call it the three P's, uh, be present, be, uh, be, uh, well positive i guess and then you know at the end of the day be patient um you know presence don't be on your phone right like i understand that them you know crapping their pants and rolling around on the floor is not the most interesting thing in the world but they're going to notice right if you're if you're not if you're checked out so try and be there when you are there with them uh which is way easier said than done uh you know, being being positive, is uh, more just encouraging them. Like I said earlier, hey, if they got questions about stuff, it's gonna be super annoying, but you'd rather have your kid be curious and engaged than checked out and, and not carried. So try to be positive with that reinforcement and then being patient kinda of goes along with that. They are tiny little humans and they suck at everything. Uh so you got here's <laughs> you are their training pilot, right? They're gonna fly the plane like you teach them how to fly it. So If you fly off the handle, you know, that's what they're going to learn. The first relationship they see is between you and your spouse, Um, how you eat, how you talk, how you engage with people. They just sponge that stuff up. So, you know, try and be present, try to be positive, be patient with their, the dumb things that they do. And if you can do those three things, then I would like to think that that's going to be a good kid. That's going to be a good relationship with your parents, but I'll get back to me in thirteen years, and I'll I'll tell you how it worked out. So, yeah,
1: and get back to me in eighteen, and I'll uh, yeah I'll be right there with you. Yeah.
0: Uh, last question, and this is actually from our our uh, producer uh, Levi, who's got an actual football question to close us out. <laughs> over under for how long Eli Drinkwitz stays at Mizzou? BK, any thoughts? What would
1: I set the over under at? Um...
0: So right now he is at he is entering year four
1: let's go let's go from here just that way people don't okay. have to do math um here's what i'll do i'll set the over under at two and, a half.
0: two and a half. okay
1: and i think that's twofold one if it's going to get turned around it likely does so within the next year or two mm-hmm. and if and i don't know this to be the case but in the scenario where he's looking for a bigger job, that would probably be the jumping off point. Mm -hmm. Or if it's going to go awry, it's going to go awry within the next two years. And they're going (laughs) to learn everything they need to within the next couple of seasons, because then he will have gotten quarterback position. I'm if it goes awry, it's going to be because he didn't get the quarterback. And that will mean that in the next two years, he didn't find one. Mm -hmm. So I would set it at two and a half as the over under.
0: I will take I will take the under because he turns it around this year and makes a leap in 20 what we 24 mm-hmm. and then he's gone. And I am fine with that. I've had a couple of people uh it's really weird. So I, I love you all emailing me random questions. Like I'd be happy to talk football and, and answer those questions with you. But it's been this kind of a weird thing, and maybe it's because of the contract where people have asked, you know. Is Eli Drinkwitz going to, you know, be here? Is he going to be a Gary Pinkle? or you know, is he going to be here for ten years? Uh, and is it bad that he's not? And I'll be, I'll be frank. No, it's not bad. If he takes this job and gets another, that is a good thing. That tells people, hey, you come to Mizzou and you do well, you can go to something else that's even better. And as you're improving the infrastructure. You're leaving it better than the you know for the guy after you than you found it. Like it's a mm-hmm. building process, and so I don't think it's a negative if a guy does well here and bolts for something else. I think that's fine. Now if he comes here and he gets fired, that's not great. Um, but I don't see it as a bad thing for for coaches to jump to other jobs. And I bk I think you kind of feel. The same way about that.
1: Yeah, this is what I said whenever Missouri was going through the coaching search to get Eli Drinkwitz was basically hire the guy that's going to leave you because he's too good. Like that That's who you should be targeting in these kinds of coaching hires. And if they decide to stay, well, then look, you've just made it like that's exactly what you want. I think that everybody leans back on their own experiences. And the one coaching hire that has worked at Missouri football wise in the last 25 years basically is the one that resulted in the guy staying and saying nope Michigan I'm good I'm gonna stay here that's not normal nothing about the or the Gary Pinkle era was normal his staff stayed in place for the most part for 15 years that doesn't happen anywhere dude nowhere Mm -hmm. like he had a defensive line coach corners coach running backs like guys all littered across that staff that had been at Missouri for literally 15 years by the time that that staff was broken up. That never happens. And so I think that's something that's been really hard for a lot of Mizzou fans to be able to kind of get their grasp on over the last eight years is coping with what every other college football program is. Mm -hmm. That's not a blue blood over the last really decade plus like in the last 15 years i think it's probably changed even more so but um that that's what that's what's hard is coming to terms with the fact that you're one of 85 90 programs that operate this way mm-hmm. and there's another like 15 to 20 that don't and then there's 10 that just like don't matter
0: <laughs> i mean Ohio state's talking about firing and Ryan day because he, he's lost two games and they're both Michigan. Like M-
1: Michigan tried to do that. Remember? I mean that, that was the talk with Jim Harbaugh early mm-hmm. on was this guy's not good enough. He can't beat Ohio state. Yeah. That's how the other half lives. And that I don't, <laughs> honestly, I don't like that either. No, like, that's stupid. Yeah. You know,
0: it's Missouri is in such an odd place because it's two best coaches in the two top sports, revenue sports, basketball and football. Gary Pinkle was here for like, you know, 16 years. Norm Stewart was here for like, what, 67 to 96 or something like that. Like our best coaches stuck around forever, forever. And that's just not how it works. I I love Gary Pinkle and, and I love what he did, but like, that was the last time. That was the last dude who was going to do that. Just fly.
1: And out. Pinkle's even more unique than Norm because Pinkle wasn't a Missouri guy. Yeah. Norm was a Mizzou guy through and through. And so it made sense that when he got the job, yeah, this is like a dream job for him. Yeah, And so he he just stays because why, why would I leave? I've got everything that I want. This yeah. is what I grew up wanting and now I get to do it. Pinkle was somebody who came from elsewhere that decided this is where I can win. Mm-hmm. I can make this into something that I want it to be. And that's better than going somewhere else and having to start over. Yeah. that's the one that is i mean you got to be a special kind of person to live that way to operate that way and yeah. pinkle was one of
0: one mm-hmm. and that's why he's a hall of fame coach Yep. well thank you all for the questions invigorating conversation love this stuff um but that's going to be the show for today bk any final thoughts before we leave the people for two weeks
1: I don't think so, man. Hopefully, by the time that we come back, I think we're going to be pretty close at that point to spring ball. If I'm not mistaken, I think spring ball. I don't want to be breaking any news here. I think it starts right around the end of the month. So we'll probably have a little bit of a spring preview for you guys the next time around.
0: Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, And good for for the football team. I know these practices in particular uh, during January, February, and the spring session are brutal because it's all just – Let's, let's wear you out. Let's, let's let's see what these college bodies can do. So uh, it'd be nice to get some practicing in. That'll be good for them. Um, but, yeah, that is going to be our show for today. As always, we appreciate the downloads and the subscriptions. We leave a comment or rate us. We love all types of feedback from you all. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Nate G. Edwards. He is at BK Sports Talk. And, of course, you can follow the Rockin' Flagship at Rockin' Nation. We appreciate you tuning in this time. We'll try to do better next time. And until then, M-I-Z.
1: you.